So today we're going to be reading out of 2 Timothy 3.16. Um, if you don't have a Bible, there's one in front of you, a blue Bible in the chair beneath you. So here we believe that God's word is holy and reverent, and, and I just ask you to stand in reverence of that if you can. Second Timothy 3.16, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Thank you. Eli. All right, it's Flourishing Grace. Good morning again. For all of the parents who found the most embarrassing picture of your child, tells me everything I need to know about you. Something my mother would do to me. Let's see. My notes are all disorganized. Two seconds. There we go. There we go. All right, it's good to be with you guys this morning. So what we're doing this morning is we are wrapping up a series um, that really is a part of like a much, 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 much larger uh, series here at Flourishing Grace. And we've been in it since January. We've been walking through the core pursuits of Flourishing Grace Church, the things that we as a church are about. Like these are the things we're chasing. These are the things we're pursuing. These are things that we're driving deep into our lives. And so this morning we're coming to the very, very end. Okay. We've been in uh, this, this piece called the pursuit of the word. That's one of our core pursuits. We want to pursue the word of God. And so over the past few weeks, we've talked about that. And to this morning, we are, we're bringing that to a close. And so this whole series is coming to an end this morning. And what we've seen so far as we've kind of looked at this is we've seen in that God's word is this supernatural gift. It's been supernaturally protected for us and given to us and guarded for us because we're supernaturally loved and it's gold. It's, it's profitable for us. There's so many things in God's word. Every page is profitable for our lives. And this morning, uh, we're going to be looking at uh, verse 17, that the man of God may be complete Equipped for every good work. We want to ask the question, man, what does it mean to be complete people in an empty world? That's what I want to ask this morning. How are we, what does it look like to be complete people in an empty world? That's who I want to be. That's who I want you to be. I want you to be a complete man in an empty world, a complete woman in an empty world. You see, the reality is that the world around us, Okay, is an empty world constantly offering false promises of fulfillment and fullness to you. you. You hear me, and I know you know this. The empty world around us has so many false promises of fulfillment and fullness. If you just buy this, you will be fulfilled. If you just reach this level in your career, you will be full. If you just have enough money for retirement, if you just invest in the right things, you'll be fulfilled. You can be complete. You'll be lacking nothing. You'll be set. You'll be ready to go. Right now, AI is studying your life, man, your patterns of behavior, your interests, your hobbies, everything about you. It is creating a profile of you so that people can make tons of money dangling this lie in front of you. If you buy my product, you will be full. You will be complete. You will have everything you need. The, the empty world is constantly offering us promises of fulfillment and fullness. Blase Pascal was a French mathematician and philosopher and theologian. Back in like the 1500s, 
He said this, this is what he said. He said, there is a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of each man which cannot be satisfied by any created thing, but only by God the creator made known through Jesus Christ. Pascal looks at a, out at an empty world. He sees incomplete people in an empty world, chewing on incomplete things, thinking that's gonna satisfy them, thinking it's gonna fulfill them. And Pascal says, that will never work. And here we are, 500 years later, people are doing the same thing all the time, chasing and chasing and chasing and chasing and chasing. If I just get this car, then I'll be fulfilled, and then I'll be happy, and then I'll have everything I need. And if I, if I just get to this place in my career, then I'll be happy, and then I'll have everything I need. Or if I just bought this, if I could just find a way to get to, get, to have a wife, that's all I need. Or if I, or if I could just have a way to, I want to have kids. If I had kids, I'd be fulfilled. And if I could just get my kids out of the house, I'd be fulfilled, right? All my parents are the seniors who are sitting here. Amen to that, right? If I could just get them out of the house, I'll be fulfilled. Or if I could just get to this stage in my career, if I could just get this, like there's, there's this always out there in the distance. There's a lie of fulfillment that someday you'll find it, you'll buy it, you'll acquire it. It's not true. And yet we buy into that lie all of the time. Constantly chasing fulfillment in an empty world, right? The man or the woman of God ought to be the most satisfied, the most complete person on the planet. That's who we ought to be. The man or woman of God. That's how Paul starts this text. He says to Timothy, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work, right? He says man of God, and really this word here is uh, anthropos, right? The person of God, right? But it's man of God because he's talking to Timothy. And, only, and Timothy is a, is a man, all right? And so there's only two places in the New Testament where this, where this language is used, the anthropos. The man of God. And both times Paul uses it to refer to something in Timothy's life. Paul is speaking something into Timothy's life here. This word anthropos, only two times in the New Testament, but over 60 times in the Old Testament. Mostly referring to Moses. But all these heroes of faith are these anthropos of God. So, so Moses is referred to it this. Um, uh, Samuel, the great prophet Samuel is referred to this. Uh, Elijah and Elisha. Uh, David is referred to as an anthropos of God, right? And so these are the heroes of the faith, these men of God, men of substance, men of fullness. You see, Timothy has a vision for his life, and Paul knows it. Timothy wants to be an anthropos, a true man of God, right? This is Timothy's goal. This is Timothy's drive. This is Timothy's aim, right? And listen, I grew up in the 80s. Anybody here grew up in the 80s? Okay, Yeah. Here's the deal. Everybody who grew up in the 80s had something on the wall of their room. It's called a poster, okay? It's a thing in the 80s, right? Now, nowadays, moms, okay, listen, I'm just going to give you a hard time because next, next Sunday is Mother's Day, so I can got to get it out of the way today. Moms are like the dictator of decorations now. In the, in the 80s, moms didn't give a rip, okay? They didn't care. You want to put whatever you want in the room. That doesn't matter. Poster Michael Jackson, fine. Who cares? Whatever, right? Pink Floyd poster, yeah, for sure, whatever, right? Backstreet Boy poster, you know you had a Backstreet Boy poster. Who here had a Backstreet Boy poster? That? Thank you for your honesty. Yeah. I had a buddy who just, nothing but Michael Jordan, just Jordan, 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 Jordan. Just like an entire room full of like NBA posters, right? Whoever your hero was went up on the wall in the 80s, right? That's because we were people of goals and vision. That's why kids today, they don't know how to succeed because they don't have posters, okay? That's what you need. See, if Timothy would have had posters on the wall, if he would have had a vision, 
posters that it would have been David and Samuel and Elijah and Moses. Those would have been the posters on his wall. He had a vision for his life. He wanted to be a man of God. And Paul is telling Timothy, he says, Timothy, all you need to achieve greatness is right here. All you need to be a man or a woman of God is right here. That the man of God, the anthropos, might be complete and perfectly equipped for every good work. Anything God's going to throw at you, Timothy, is right here. All you need is right here. And for those of you in the room, and I hope it's everybody, the goal of your life is to be a man of God or a woman of God. If that's the goal of your life, this work exists for you, that you might be complete. If that's a vision of your life, you can achieve that vision. It will come through this book. It is for you to make you complete and equipped for every work that God has for you. Everything you need to become the person that God has for you to become is right here. What I want to do with the rest of our time is I want to kind of give you uh, these three archetypes, okay? Three, Three kind of different persons when it comes to Christians. And I'm speaking specifically of Christians. When it comes to us, when we come to this, and what type of person are you? You are going to be one of these three people, okay? And you don't have to be, but two of them are negative, and one of them is good. So the first negative person that I want to look at is the person who's incomplete and unequipped, okay? Incomplete and unequipped. You do not want to be incomplete. You do not want to be unequipped. One of my favorite things in the world to do is to take men, groups of men, backpacking, Okay, we used to do this thing at Flourishing Great Grace called the Expedition Experiment, where we would take men out into the wilderness on these backpacking trips, and we would go backpacking down uh, for, for miles and miles into the wilderness, and just, it was an amazing time, and we're going to bring it back. We got, a men's, uh, we got a men's retreat we're doing this fall. You can hold me to it. It's going to be incredible. I can't wait. But listen, we used to do this all the time at Flourishing Grace, and, and I still have guys in my life that come into Utah, and they're just like, we want Josh to take us backpacking, and I love to do it. It's amazing. And the first thing you do on a backpacking trip is you all stand around in a circle and all the guys are like lifting each other's packs to see whose is the heaviest and whose is the lightest. And without fail, there's always one guy whose pack is like scary light. Like you're like, you're not ready for this. Like, I don't know what you've been doing or what you've been thinking, but I think you might have packed like an hour ago for this week-long journey into the wilderness. And sure enough, like you're three days in and homeboy's like out of food. And you're like, what are you doing? What do you mean you're out of food? He's like, I just need like an extra granola bar or something. Like, no, you have no food. We have like days left. Like, how are you going to do this? Like you packed like there was like a McDonald's out there someplace. He has no idea, right? Ladies, you know what this is like. This is your husband on every vacation you've ever been on. You get there, he's like, oh, babe, I got to go to Walgreens. I forgot everything. Right? Like, what do you mean you forgot everything? Like, how do you forget socks? You wear socks every day. Like, what is happening here? Incomplete. We do not want to be incomplete. We don't want to be unequipped. But you can be spiritually incomplete and unequipped as well. We do not want to be this. The Bible's filled with examples of people who are spiritually incomplete. And it destroys their life. King Saul King Saul had the title, okay? I don't know what title you think is going to complete you, or that's some sort of C-suite title or mom title. I don't know what title you think is going to get you there and make you fulfilled, but King Saul had the title, right? I'm pretty sure king is better than CEO. Last time I checked, okay? He had the title, but he was an incomplete and weak man. He was so insecure, always thinking someone's going to steal his title, never trusting that God had him exactly where he had him. He never was able to trust God. He was an incomplete man, and so he lost it all. 
Samson. Samson had the gift, okay? He had the gift that every guy wants to have. Incomparable strength and dashing good looks, okay? All the ladies wanted Samson, okay? He had the gift, and he was an incomplete man. He was a weak man, infinitely strong, and yet terribly weak. He was so unbelievably weak as a man when it came to his morality. He had no ability to actually become the man that God had gifted him to step into. He couldn't step into the gift. Judas, Judas Iscariot. I talk to people all the time who are like, man, if I could just see Jesus do one miracle, I'd believe it all. Judas saw all of them. Like he got to walk with Jesus. He had a front row seat to intimacy. He had the intimacy that we crave. He was front row to Jesus' teachings. He was an unbelievably weak man. He was incomplete. He was driven by greed and jealousy, always wanting more, buying into the lie that there's something more in the world out there that's for me. Like, this will fulfill. This will achieve me, right? He was so incomplete. Jonah. Jonah had the mission, okay? Men and women of God, anthropos of God, you know what you want? You want a mission, right? Send me to the hardest to reach place on the planet and watch me pour my life out for Jesus. That's what I want to be. The anthropos of God, a man or woman of God, that's what we want. Jonah was given the mission. He was given the greatest mission to go into the heart of Nineveh, and he was a weak and incomplete man. And so he grumbled and complained the entire flipping time and didn't want to do the work. We do not want to be weak and incomplete. Listen to me. If you are incomplete, if you are incomplete, if you are unequipped, it doesn't matter what title you are given, that God gives you, a God-given title. It doesn't matter what gift God gives you. It doesn't matter the intimacy that God gives you. It doesn't matter the mission that God gives you. You will fail in all of those things. You will not be able to carry the weight because you are incomplete. You might have the latest gadgets in your bag, but if you don't have food, you have nothing. You will not make it. You're not going to make it. This word exists to complete you and to equip you for every good work. If you want to live into the life, into the mission, into the calling, into the title that God has for you, the gifts that he has for you, you must give your life to this work. Do not be incomplete. There are so many Christians that are living incomplete lives because they never put this into their daily rhythm. They're not in it. They're not putting it on. This is not their source of completeness. This is not their source of equipping. This is just something that sits on their shelf. And you can't fake it. I know so many people who try to fake it, who try to act like they're the, like they're the man or the woman who have the gift and the mission and the competency and the talent. And you can see right through it. It's so clear that you are incomplete. It's so clear that you're chasing all of these things in the world that you think are going to make you. It's so, your insecurities are so clear. In this book, I mean, if you give yourself to it, it will fill you. There will be no insecurities. There will be no chasing after the passions of this empty earth. You will be full and complete, equipped for every good work. Do not be incomplete and unequipped. The next person that we don't want to be is the obsessive and over-equipped, okay? When we're starting off on our backpacking trip, you got the guy that's like a scary light backpack, but then you also got the guy, when you lift his backpack, it like, you like hurt yourself trying to lift it. 
You're like, oh, dude, what did you put in here? He's like, man, I've been perusing REI for the past month getting ready for this trip, man. I got everything. I got the latest this and the latest that. I got the latest that and the latest this. I got it all, baby. I'm ready to go. And like, you get to camp and you're like, hey, where's, where's Bill? Like, what happened to that guy? He's like three hours behind, right? And he finally gets to camp. He's dog tired, but don't worry. He's got his lounge chair in there. He's got his hammock. He's got like string lights open over his campsite. He's cooking with a cast iron skillet. He's got like a full bottle of wine. You're like, what the heck, Bill? Like, where'd you bring in all this stuff, dude? Like, what are you doing? Like, who is this guy? Fellas, you know what this is like. This is your wife on every vacation you've ever been on. You get to the airport, you throw your bag on the scale, you throw your kid's bag on the scale, you throw your wife, oh gosh, you just threw your back out trying to lift that one. Like everything that she might ever need for every situation ever on the planet that's ever happened in all of life is in the bag. Like she is obsessed and over-equipped, right? Just obsessing over like, man, what might I need? Yes, I need three pairs of tweezers because what if I lose two? You never know. You Like you never know, right? This is where we're at. This is where we're at. You do not want to be obsessive and over-equipped. And spiritually, believe it or not, you can be obsessive and over-equipped spiritually as well, okay? You can burden your life with the weight of religion, and it will crush you. You will not make it. You will not make it. In fact, Christianity as a faith is the simplest faith on the planet. It's like the ultralight backpacker's dream, man. Listen, do you have the grace of Jesus? You got everything you need for salvation. You have everything you need for eternal life. Do you have the word of God? Then you are complete and equipped for every good work. You you can know him and and you can live into the kingdom of God now. You have everything you need. What else is there? That's it. There's nothing more. Do you have the grace of Christ and the word of God Right? The Spirit is in you and equipping you to utilize all of those things and pumping grace to your veins on a daily basis. Right? You have everything you need. Right? All of the other religions of the world complicate everything and it crushes people underneath the weight of it. All the other religions of the world are like, hey, you know, if you get to this level, you can earn like this title and you can be known as this. It's like the merit badge of faith. Right? You just got to do all the right things. You check off all the right boxes, and then you can, you can wear this badge or this title. Man, if you come over here and you do all the right things over here, if you give the right amount of money, then you can access all of these special things over here that you can get to do and do more of and chase after and pursue. Man, if you, and look, oh, we have all these extra books and works that you need to read and obey and all these other teachings from all these other spiritual leaders that you need to obey. No, 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 not in Christianity. There's one book, man. One God, one Savior King, and that's it. There's nothing more for you to chase or pursue. But it's not just other religions. Christians do this too. Christians pile religion onto themselves. It's like the guys, I think there's guys who are just like just reading every book there is to read, right? I mean, guys are like, I read 66 books this year on how to grow in my faith and how to grow in prayer and how to practice spiritual disciplines and how to learn about those. Like, but did you read these 66 books? Did you give your life to this book? How could you? You're spending too much time reading, doing all this stuff. You're piling weight on top of yourself. Jesus says, man, my burden is easy. My yoke is light. And yet we just, we just keep piling it on. It's like the person who's trying to like, he's just like can't even carry the weight of disciplines because they're trying to do them all. It's like, what spiritual practices are you working on right now? All of them. Really? All of them? How are you working on all of them? It's like, I fast every day. 
Sabbath every day in my house, seven days of Sabbath. That's how I live my life, right? I read, I read the entire Bible every single day. How? Like, how are you doing that? Like, just piling the weight, right? Have you listened to any good sermons recently? Yeah, which ones? All of them. Like, how? Like, you're like what are you doing in your life? You're just piling the weight of religion on top of you, and you can't bear it. You cannot bear it. I love this quote. Uh, John Wesley said it this way. He says, man, I want to know one thing the way to heaven, how to land safely on that happy shore. God himself has condescended to teach the way. For this very end, he came from heaven as he has written down in a book. Oh, give me that book. At any price, give me the book of God. I have it. Here is knowledge enough for me. Let me be a man of one book. Maybe that's a tattoo right there. I'm leaving on my sabbatical. I might come back with that tattooed on me. <laughs> Let me be a man of one book. Might that be true of my life? Let me be a man of the book, one book. Let me be a man of one book. Right? Now, some of you are saying, no, 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 there's, like, there's other books, there's other resources, other things like commentaries and concordances and systematic theology and, and all these other resources, right? your lexicons and all these things. Listen, all of those exist to form you into a man or a woman of one book. They're like the fork and the knife, and this is the filet mignon. They're designed to help you. Right now, we have a, we have a how to read your Bible course on our website. It's all digital. You can take it at your own place at any time. We've been talking about this over the past few weeks. It's all video. You can actually take it with your kids. You got older elementary kids or junior high, high school kids. You can take it with your kids. It's so simple, kind of opening us up of, man, what is the Bible? How do we read it? How do we consume it? Okay? I mean, all of that is just a fork and a knife so that you can be a person of one book. Let us be a person of one book. This is who I want to become. It's the only tool that we need to be our anthropos of God. And listen to me, if you are burdening yourself with all of these other things, trying to be somebody other than a man or a woman of one book, you will not make it. The person who's unequipped doesn't make it because they don't have enough food. The person who's over-equipped doesn't make it because they're carrying too much. The burden of religion will crush you, man. It will crush you. You can't do it. And I know my type A friends in the room are like, oh yeah, watch me. Listen to me, you can't do it. I promise you can't do it. His burden is easy and his yoke is light. Become like Jesus. Walk in his way. It is not that complex. Do you have the grace of Jesus? Yep. Then you got everything you need for salvation. Do you have the word of God? You have everything you need to live out the kingdom of God right now in this life and this time. You have everything you need. You are complete and you are equipped. And so let's look at it. What is the complete and equipped person? That's the last person that we want to look at. That's who we want to be. I want to be complete. I want to be equipped for every good work, right? Complete, capable, proficient, fully outfitted for the task. I have everything I need and nothing I don't, right? This is the, the seasoned guide, the sage who's been up the mountain a thousand times. I know exactly what I need and I know all the things I don't. I'm carrying the perfect amount of weight. That's who I want to be. I want to be the guy who knows exactly what I need and I'm not carrying anything I don't need. I've shed all of the other weight so that I can make it to the finish. I can make it to the end. I can arrive on that, what Wesley calls the happy shore. That's where I want to be. And this is what Paul is speaking to Timothy. All you need to be that man or all you need to be that woman 
is this book. He says in the very next verse, in, in chapter four, verse one, Paul goes on. And he's building on all of this. He says, I charge you, Timothy, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is the judge of the living and the dead by his appearing and by his kingdom, preach the word. That's it, Timothy. That's your charge. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Timothy is a ready man because he's clinging to one thing. You cannot be ready. You cannot be ready if you're obsessed and you're trying to clean all these things. Man, the person who's complete is ready in season and out. They have the one thing they need. They have the word of God. And here's the thing. I think that we think, sorry, I think that we forget that we are at war. I try to remind you guys of this as often as I can, that there is an enemy about us prowling about like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Right now, you are a soldier in battle, right? And sometimes we sleep on that. And if soldiers are sleeping in battle, they die. Listen to me, and what is that enemy trying to do? He's trying to get you thinking that in some way, shape, or form, you need something more than this. Remember the garden, church. Remember the garden. Were Adam and Eve complete? Not a true question. Were they complete? Yeah, they were. Were they equipped? They had the title. They had the mission. They, they had the intimacy. They had everything. They had the gifting. They were complete. They were equipped. They had it all. And what was the lie? Oh, but there's something you're lacking. I got something better for you. There's something you don't have yet. And you know if you eat this, you'll be like God. Your eyes will be open. There's something better. There's something more for you. Friends, there's nothing more. Satan wants you to think, if you just buy this thing, if you acquire this thing, if you reach this level in your career, that's what's going to fulfill you. That's what's going to make you happy. That's what's going to satisfy you. Oh, no, but the anthropos, the man, the woman of God, you know better. You know it's a lie. You know it's a lie. So stop chasing it. Consume the one thing that will satisfy you and become, step into completeness. Step into being fully equipped. I like how Andrew Murray put it. He said it this way. He said, the Bible is the light in the darkness, the key to the mysteries, the sword that slays sin, the shield that guards the soul. It's everything I need. It's the light. It's the key. It's the sword. It's the shield. It's every. It's a Swiss army knife. I got it all. But friends, if you don't have it, you can't use it. It's not enough to just carry it around. You've got to consume it. You have to put it on. And so I'm going to give you three practical things real quick. Okay? You've got to read it. Read it daily. Put it on daily and turn to it daily again and again and again and again and again. Right? We've got to read it. The only way it's useful is if you actually sit down and read it every day, okay? If you read your Bible once a month, it will be as useful as carrying a pocket knife in your pocket once a month. It's not that useful. We need it every day. We need to consume it. We must put it on. If you read it, but you ignore it, it's no good for you. You must apply it to your life. It is not useful if you just read it. You must use it. Apply it to your life. And then turn to it again and again and again and again and again. Here's the deal. I mean, the Bible 
We talked about this last Sunday. You can go back and listen to it, right? It, it is gold for every situation in life. As you're reading it, it is going to do different things to you at different times. We talked about last week. Sometimes it's con- teaching us. Sometimes it's reproving us. Sometimes it's, it's correcting us. Sometimes it's producing righteousness in us, right? We must learn what it's doing and receive what it's doing to us. And then we put it on again and again and again. So when there's a a situation going on in my career and everything's blowing up, I mean, what do I know? What part of the word do I need to put on in my life in order to engage in this? In order to be the anthropos of God in that moment, what do I need? I need the word of God, Situation in my marriage, situation with my kids, situation with my friends, situation with my health, situation fill in the blank. Put on the word of God. Be a man, be a woman of God in whatever that is. If you want to step into the darkest corners of life and be equipped, complete for anything that comes at you, you must read it, you must put it on, and you must turn to it again and again and again. It is the light and the darkness. It is the key to the mystery. It's the sword that slays sin, and it's the shield that will protect you all the day long. We must become complete and equipped men and women of God. I'm going to leave you with this quote by N.T. Wright. N.T. Wright said, The Bible is the book of my life. It is the book I live with, the book I live by, the book I want to die by. Let us be a people of one book. Let us be a people who are equipped and complete. Let us be a people who, listen to me, pursue the word of God. Might that mark us at Flourishing Grace? Might the world look in and say, man, that's a full people in an empty world because we pursued the word of God as a people. That's all I got. Let me pray for you guys. Jesus, we come before you. You are our king. You are our savior. We bow to you and you alone. This is the gift that you've given us. And so help us to be a people who fight to be men, to be women of this book. Form us. Help us to become complete. Help us to be equipped Help us be ready in season and out of season for every good work that you have for us in every situation in life, whether that be the joyest of times or the most sorrowful of times. Might we, by the power of your spirit and the utility of your word, might we be ready? Complete us, equip us. Help us to be complete men and complete women in an empty world. Fill us with your word. I pray these things in your sweet name, in the name of Jesus. Amen.